Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Peter McCulley. Welcome to PQ Beat, the official podcast of the PQB News. Do you enjoy watching birds in the Parksville Qualicum Beach area? Also, enjoy taking pictures? Well, you're in for a bit of a treat today, as our guest is an expert in both areas a retired teacher and an amateur avian photojournalist dedicated to increasing public awareness of the birds on Vancouver Island. We're happy to welcome Mike Yip. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Oh, glad to be here, Peter. Your interest and obsession with birds, really, and bird photography was catalyzed about 20 years ago. Can you share that backstory with us? Sure. Picture a beautiful sunny morning in February 2003. I was supposed to go golfing, but the golf course was closed because of a frost delay. So I decided to take a drive down to Wall Beach and look for some sea lions. On the way, I spotted some ducks in the swamp. They looked like mallards, but there was something strange about them. I watched them for a while, but I couldn't get good looks because they were behind the bulrushes and willows. And so I went home, got a camera, my old film camera, and tried to take some pictures. I shot a roll of film, took it down for one-hour photo finishing, and looked at the pictures. They were all bad. But there was one that sort of showed the duck, and it had a large bill. So I grabbed a bird identification book, and lo and behold, it was a northern shoveler. From that moment on, I knew I had to find out more about birds, and I had to learn how to photograph birds. What kind of film camera was that you were using at the time? It was a Pentax. T-1000. Probably. (laughs) That's what I had. Yeah. I had one of those, and I was never fast enough to get the birds in focus. (laughs) You've written several books, Mike, including A Beginner's Guide to Common Vancouver Island Birds. What was that process like? The first book was quite an issue, actually. By 2004, I had accumulated a fair number of pictures of birds. I decided it was time to do a book. So I did a mock-up, actually printed out about 200 pictures and did a cut-and-paste mock-up of a book, 128 pages. Then I took it to a publisher that I knew. He was actually the publisher for Heritage Books, and... Yeah, he was interested, and he said, okay, I'll assign you an editor, and we can get going. And I said, oh, I don't want to work with any editor. So (laughs) at that point, I says, thanks, but I think I'll try to self-publish this myself. And I started the process, and I got a quote that it would take about $26,000 to print 3,000 copies. I chose that price point because... I could sell it to the public for a reasonable price then. Any less would be too much, and any more I couldn't afford. So anyways, I actually wondered how I could actually afford the $26,000 because there was also tax, shipping, and insurance on top of that. $26,000 out of your bank account is a really big hole when you don't know if you're going to get any returns. As a retired teacher, what was your favorite subject to teach? Actually, I, I taught math and English. Okay. <laughs> so, so I had nothing to do with birds. No, but you could be your own editor. Yes. When I was teaching in various schools, uh, including Bolinas, I did sponsor the yearbook club, so I was familiar with putting a book together. So that part was not too overwhelming, but um, 
The $26,000 was something that scared the hell out of me. I went around and I took my mock-up to various bookstores, and uh, guess what? People were interested in it. And then I took the mock-up to different schools, and I asked teachers if they would be interested. And besides schools, I went to my bank and asked employees if they were interested. I went to various places like Craig Bay Housing Development. And you know what? I actually signed over 600 people who were interested in the book before it was published. I felt better than I thought. I might not lose my shirt. I'm only going to lose half a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) A short sleeve shirt. Yes. (laughs) So are you constantly learning? I would think you would be as you were a teacher for many years. Uh, Absolutely, especially about the birds. There's always something new happening. For example, in the last few years, we had... um, a new white raven. It was different from the white ravens we'd been seeing for the past 20 years. And this one was different from the point of view, it wasn't from the same nest because I was watching the original nest when the other white raven was turned into the recovery center. So now after 20 years of thinking there was only one nest, we now knew there was two nests. And this white raven was still a white raven, but it was slightly different. So I learned that there's different degrees of leucism with the creatures that are pigmented deficient. Mike, you've also built yourself a website. Can you share the details of that for our listeners? That was funny, too, because in 2004, I wanted to share my photos, and I knew nothing about websites. But my son had a little bit of knowledge about websites, and he taught me about four or five codes in HTML. I was able to build a website with that. It's been online ever since, and I've uploaded over, probably over 8,000 images to it and written 461 journals. And what's the address of your website? Oh, it's com. Okay. Does that get much traffic? It used to get a lot of traffic because initially I was uploading new content at least twice a week. But in the past a few years, I've really slowed down and I'm actually behind now. I've only been doing every couple of months. But it still gets a fair bit of traffic. I get people from all over the world requesting the use of photos, either from students, authors, artists, environmental organizations. So even though I'm not putting as much on right now, I'm keeping it as an archive for people who are interested in birds. You've shared a lot of your knowledge through books and uh, newspaper columns in the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. You must find that enjoyable to pass along all that information. It's important to me because it's my way of giving back. By, by educating the public about birds, I think, is a first step in conservation because people can only care about what they know about. And I do get a lot of positive feedback. In fact, just a couple of months ago, my wife and I were walking at Harewood Plains, and this lady came along, and she stopped and looked at me, and she says, are you Mike Yip, the photographer? And I said, yes. And she bowed three times at my feet and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love your books. I love your photos. And I've learned so much about birds since then. A lot of fun. Yeah, and okay, here's another example. When I put out my last book, I had a phone call from this lady who wanted a copy of the book. So I delivered it to her house. She didn't live too far away. And she gave me a check for $200. And I said, oh, it's only $25 for a direct order. She says, please keep it. I know the good work you do, and I want you to have this. Nice. 
That must be very gratifying. So, yeah, it does make me feel good. Mike, if someone is interested in shooting photos of birds, what kind of photographic equipment do they need? Cameras today, digital cameras, they are wondrous things, but you still have to know how to use them. Actually, it's interesting that the technology keeps in improving, and right now the main interest is mirrorless cameras. Unfortunately, they're very expensive. My friends who have them, they've probably spent up to ten dollars or $12,000 for a camera and lens. But the good news is that the DSLRs that they used previously, they're still available, and their prices are much more reasonable. So you can get a decent DSLR for anywhere from 1000 between $1,000 and $2,000, and you can get a pretty good lens for around $1,000. For example, a Sigma 150 to 600 millimeters is usually only about $1,000. And so for about $2,000, you can get into the game and start shooting really professional-looking photos. And you need that big lens, right? Definitely. The big lens is very important. Give us a fun fact about birds on Vancouver Island. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I think my favorite fun fact is that in 2008, I was photographing white ravens at uh, Qualicum Ball Fields. And uh, when I did my write-up for my uh, website, I declared that the uh, Parksville Qualicum area was the white raven capital of the world. (laughs) And since then, that fact has been reported a few times over the media, and it has never been disputed. So I think we're still the white raven capital of the world. Excellent. (laughs) Discover what's happening around our province with todayinbc.com. Sign up today to get the latest news right to your inbox and never miss the news that's important to you and your family. From community news in your neighborhood to what's happening in our province, your source for daily news is todayinbc.com. What was your favorite bird photo of all time? Was there one especially difficult shot that you had to climb a tree to get or something of that nature? My favorite shots are my white raven shots. I have an excellent collection of white raven photos and that a lot of people have been interested in. But I guess my all-time favorite shot was just taken last year when I was at Buccaneer Beach in Bowser. I saw for the first time a pair of eagles with locked claws in the air. They were spinning in a death-defying spin, and I managed to get a couple of shots before they let go. And they did let go. But it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing that you see. And it wasn't too hard to get. You just had to be at the right place at the right time. A friend of mine is a retired photographer, and that's what he says. 90% of good photography is being in the right place at the right time with the right camera. Exactly. <laughs> you got to get lucky once in a while. So if folks are interested in bird watching, what's a good way to get started, in your opinion? First of all, start paying attention to what's in your backyard. When I first started, I thought, okay, maybe I got a half a dozen species in my backyard. Guess what? I'm now up to 70 species that I've recorded in my backyard. So birds are everywhere. And as for equipment, yeah, get a pair of binoculars because that will increase your count of birds significantly. Mike, I have to ask you, has this been a good year for bird watching? It's been decent, but unfortunately the abundance of birds seems to be declining every year. In fact, In 2013, I was looking for birds. It was around August, and I'd been out about 10 times, and I never took a single picture of a bird because I hardly found any. 
that's when I took up butterflying. So <laughs> a year later, I published a book on Vancouver Island butterflies, and unfortunately, they're declining. Mike, what does the rest of your summer, early fall look like? Actually, August is a great time for chasing butterflies up on the mountains. Mount Coakley would be a great time for butterflies right now, and so would Mount Washington. And as for birds, it's migration time for birds. So we're starting to get shorebirds migrating through, and the songbirds will be coming through, and the raptors will be coming through, and we'll get the occasional vagrant that's lost that's migrating, but it's taken the wrong route. Instead of going down Asia, it's coming down North America. So there's some fun things to look forward for. Thanks for joining us today, Mike. Thank you very much, Peter. That's this edition of PQ Beat. Thanks for joining us. If you have questions or comments, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.